Blog Talk Radio. having a wonderful morning. Um, this is your host and friend, Reverend Sean McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created just to focus on the tenets of Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. Also, so welcome, and I'm a Christian in recovery, and I just happen to be passing through here, doing a Bible study here and there, 
And all Bible readings will be out of the Rivalry Study Bible, and you may use any Bible you wish. And I have had many spiritual experiences, and in great gratitude to our Heavenly Father, we will have ongoing Bible readings and also read from selected materials. And I'm just focused on being my real self and just carrying the message given to me, and we're just reading out of the Bible, and that's all we're doing is just praying and reading, praying and reading, and uh, just staying out of the way. So let's do our opening prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son. In the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Amen. And we pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in jeopardy. And we also pray for their freedom to worship. And we pray for the suffering from violence in here and abroad. And we pray for those who are sick in mind and body. We also pray for those who are lonely and uncomforted. And we ask God to forgive us our sins. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes. And we also pray for freedom from addiction of all kinds and every kind. Please, Jaha, please watch over our people out in the street and our relatives and our loved ones that are addicted to drugs and alcohol and any other thing. Please, God, send your mighty Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect the lives that are taken for distorted evil reasons. We do believe they have become martyrs and all your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers also go out to the ones that suffer in the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers, and they have many decisions to make. And we are praying for all countries for the problems of suffering all over the world. We want to thank you, God. We ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care and understanding. And we also ask everyone in their families that we keep them in their prayers and their needs be met. And we ask them to grow and be comforted and do the change and have hope and never lose hope. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And also today is uh, the Memorial Day of the 911. Taxes 15 years today. And uh, I'll never forget that day, and I know many of us won't either. I was at a meeting that night, and uh, I'm 9-10, and I was at a meeting, and they chose me at the end of the meeting, you know, we go around talking and sharing our stories, and this is the story I I shared. This is what I said. I mean, thousands of people are killed because they're martyrs and it was for a reason. God gathers as flowers to his, up to himself immediately, and they have become martyrs, but they also pray for us while they're in heaven. And then I said, thank you for letting me share. And nobody clapped for me. Nobody was happy. I wasn't happy either because I was like, what the heck did I just say? Anyway, the next morning was a 911, and people began to call me. And say, do you remember what you said last night? I said, yes, I do. As tears poured down and both the towers went down and um, we'll never forget it. 
Anyway, let's go to our Bible now. If you don't have a Bible, so we ask, okay, we ask in Jesus' name, all those souls that were taken to help heaven pray for us. And there were martyrs for us. And we also pray for each other. And never forget to keep praying. And never forget that we're never alone. We always have our angels with us. We have God with us and Jesus. The Blessed Mother and all the saints are all praying for us. With all that on our side, how can we lose? We won't lose. We may have a lesson to learn, but we're gonna we're gonna come out on top, you know. And then we'll go to heaven for our eternal life. We're just passing through, people. If you don't have your Bible today, go to www.bleah.com. It's really good, anyway. So if you don't have your Bible, no opening music by Savi, vocal group from the CD Native Angels by Savi. And you can order a copy by contacting savae.org. And they do, they're on Facebook and they do live shows. And you can listen to them on YouTube. And they also have a CD on Amazon. So if you have a birthday today, I wish you a very happy and blessed birthday. I, try, I had the birthday list at first, so I wished them all happy birthday online. And then I went back to a list that was gone. So happy birthday, everybody. I did, I did, uh, give you uh, a happy birthday. Anyway, so if everybody wants to turn to their Bible, and uh, we're on Chapter 6 this morning, and um, I just want to wish everybody a good day wherever you are. And this to this. Okay, I'm going to read Chapter 6 summary, and it's it's perfect in every way. We're talking about Jesus. Even though in Chapter 6, as in Chapter 5, Last week, even though he's talking to a bunch of spiritual babies, the author is not they're not going to back over lots of basic Christian teachings, baptism, resurrection, judgment. Instead, he'll just press ahead toward perfection. Okay, then. For the author, being perfect means staying faithful. That means Christians need to keep the faith in Jesus, no matter how what the hardships they are against. It's impossible for any Christian who turns away from Jesus to come back to God's good graces. After all, Christians have heard all the good stuff about Jesus and even got a little taste of salvation. If they turn your back on those things, says the author, they're just as bad as folks who mocked and crucified Jesus. It's kind of like a, a field on a farm. If the ground drinks up rain and grows crops, then it's in good shape. But if it starts growing stubborn weeds, well, then the only thing left to do is to burn it all down. But the author is confident that they can do it. Just keep swimming. God won't back down from his promises if the Christians don't back down from theirs. Remember what what he promised in Abraham, that he'd have tons of kids and grandkids way back in the Genesis, where Abraham kept the faith and God totally delivered. So now, God has promised the world salvation through Jesus, and he's not going to quit on that promise. So that's the promise to us. He's not going to quit. So let's turn to our Bibles, chapter 6. And we're in Hebrews. Let's see, it's taking a second to find this. Hebrews. I can't believe we made it all the way to Hebrews. And now we're in chapter 6. It's heading towards the Revelation. So let's see here. Okay, Hebrews chapter 6. 
therefore leaving the elementary teaching about Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works in the faith of faith towards God. And two, of instruction about washing and laying on our hands and the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. And this we will do, if God permits. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucified to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. For the ground that drinks the rain often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful to those whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed and ends up being burned. But, beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation through your speak, but we speak in this way. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love in which you have shown towards him in having ministered and still ministered to the saints. Now we're on 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so to realize the full until the end. That's it. We have to hang on to that hope so that you will not be sluggish or imitators of those through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made this promise to Abraham, could swear by no one greater he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. That's kind of amazing. I never read that before. And so, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath given as a confirmation is at the end of every dispute. In the same way, God, given more to show to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose and interposed with an oath, so that by two unchanging things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have taken refuge and would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set it for us. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within evil. Gavail. Sorry about that. Where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest for, forever, according to the order of Malachit. And I don't think I ever pronounced that right. Okay, so now we're going to go to the notes. Okay, chapter, he was chapter six, notes. Okay, elementary teaching of Christ. The basic teachings of Christ in the Christian religion means maturity. The exhortation to the people is for them to go on to Christian maturity and to stop wasting time and opportunity. They knew the first principles or basics of Christianity and are being exhorted to go on from there. The dead works. For example, all that an unsaved person does, whether good or evil, since one is dead in, uh, in, in sin, one can only do dead works that can never again be saved merit before God. Wow. And then 6.2, instruction about the washings, as in some versions, baptism. 
The distinction between the, the various baptisms is a necessary part of basic Jewish doctrine. The baptism of the Jewish uh, prophet, uh, baptism by John the Baptist, and Christian baptism. This much uh, debated passage, this is uh, uh, chapter 6, 4 through 6. This much debated passage has been understood to, in several ways. Uh, that the Armenians hold that the people described in these verses are Christians who actually lose their salvation. If this is so, notice that the passage also teaches that it's impossible to be saved a second time. I know, that's what I was worried about. Okay, two, some hold that the passage refers not to the genuine believers, but to those only to press profess to be believers. Thus the phrases in verses 4 through 5 are understood to refer to, to experiences short of salvation. But then the falling away is from the knowledge of the uh, truth, not personal possession of it. And others understand the passage to be a warning to genuine believers and urge them in Christian growth and maturity. And that to fall away is impossible once secure. Um, but the phrase is placed in a sentence to strengthen the warning. It is similar to uh, something that, like this as a class to students, it is possible for a student, once enrolled in this course, if he turns the clock back, which cannot be done, to start the course over. Therefore, all students go on to deeper knowledge. In this view, the phrases uh, four through five are understood to refer to the conversion experience. Notice how the words enlightened, taste, and partakers are used elsewhere in this uh, Hebrews in genuine experiences. And anyway, I know it's really explaining it to me, and uh, I get it. To me, it's saying that uh, once you've gone so far, you know, it's time to mature and get on to uh, keep reading your Bible, keep growing and maturing. And if you don't, uh, that sometimes we call it people. That's what I think they're talking about. So to be diligent in Christian life, just as Old Testament saints, particularly Abraham, we're knowing that what has been promised will be fulfilled. And that's what we cling to is the promise. And then uh, two unchangeable things. The promise of Abraham and oath that rests on the very being, uh, which is very profound, it's within the veil. In the presence of God, have a confidence that Jesus already entered into the presence of God and assures us of our entry. It's our hope and our anchor, both as secure, especially in times of a storm, others not. Uh, not a cool concept. So anyway, let's um, I'll read, read here what we'll you today. You know these letters are getting uh, smaller and smaller. <laughs> I can't read it. So anyway, now we're going to go on to our, uh, our uh, random guidepost readings, and uh, I appreciate everybody that's here this morning and. Everybody on the archives, and I appreciate you so so much. So, thanks so much for this. Anyway, so let's uh, okay. Let's do the puzzling power of forgiveness by John Plank of Wapu, uh, Washington. 
My, my wife is seven months pregnant with our seventh child. We live in a modest four-bedroom home. After 11 years as a vocational teacher at the State Reformatory in Green Bay, Wisconsin, a vocational director's job opened up the nearby correctional institution, and I got that position. I started in June. My new job was 90 miles from home, and I rented a room during the week and returned home on the weekends. I had two months to find a place to live, sell our home, and move our family and get settled down. Five of our children would be starting school in September. That's a coincidence. Anyway, my wife always delivered early and needed to be under a doctor's care. I read one ads and made phone calls and talked with fellow employees and visited realtors and prayed for guidance. Finally, I came across a contractor who was, com- who was completing a duplex apartment he intended to rent. It would be completed by September 1st. Though the place had only two bedrooms, I was certain it would be large enough. I told the contractor I would rent one of the apartments and offered to pay a security deposit the first month's rent. He said it wouldn't be necessary. He said a handshake and a man's word were all he needed for an agreement. Wow. I had put our home up for sale, and soon we were a, we had a buyer lined up, a mover, and registered the kids for school and had our medical records transferred. It's still going to be a squeeze. We just had one week left. On Monday morning, I received a telephone call from the contractor, and I was to meet him that night at his home, and then I received a real shock. We were not going to get the apartment. Finally, I mentioned, well, I mentioned kids are going to school, pregnant wife, selling our house, handshakes, man's word. The contractor's wife said, the place is too small for your family. Stunned, I went back to my room and thought, how can this be happening? What really puzzled me is why I wasn't angry with the contractor and his wife. As a matter of fact, the more I wondered about it, the more I felt that I had to forgive them. I always felt that I was a Christian, but frankly, not that good of a Christian. It is something that happened to me when I never, that I will never be able to fully understand. I sat down at 11.30 p.m. and wrote a letter of forgiveness to the contractor and his wife. I mailed that letter that night. The next morning, I went to my office, and on my desk was a piece of paper, two inches square, with a penciled note. It said, call this number after five tonight. At that time, there were only 11 other employees, and I contacted all of them who had put the note on my desk. No one knew anything about it. At five o'clock, I called the number, and when I told the party my name, he said he hadn't called me, and I asked him if he was planning to rent his house. He said, I'm moving to a new job right now. I wanted to list my house, but I haven't even called the paper yet. How do you know? This beautiful home in Walpun had three bedrooms and was four blocks from school, and we rented for less than the contractor's apartment. Who wrote the note? I truly believe it came from God. Well, it just gave me the chills. That's it. Never give up hope, and that's your proof right there. Well, I just wish everybody a wonderful and beautiful uh, morning uh, here in California. It's nice and sunny and beautiful, and um, I know back east they're having some rain, so hang in there and stay dry, people. And let's do our closing prayer together. In closing, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. 
We'll come back next week, and in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms, and you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Just remember, you're never alone. God, Jesus, blessed Mother, all the saints, love you very much, and they pray for you every day. And all the angels protect you, and you're never alone. May God bless your dreams, that the true true love enter your heart. And I wish you all the best today and all through the week. I'll see you next week. And bye, my friends, and happy trails to you. And God bless you. Amen. Just come.